0: I'm a very naturally driven person. I love to improve. I love the concept of self-help. And I'm guessing if you're listening to this podcast that you're that kind of person too. And because of this, I handle New Year's resolutions very differently and really just goals in general, which basically means I don't really make resolutions and I don't set goals in the typical way. And in this episode, I'll be sharing more about what I do instead to change and improve as a person. Do you ever find yourself turning to your phone without even thinking about it? Or do you get sucked into scrolling and regret not using that time for something else? You are not alone. I'm Alex, a screen time mentor for young moms, and I'm here to help you get a grip on your own screen time so, you can be present, intentional, and live a more fulfilling life. Welcome to the Mindful with Media Podcast. Hey there, friend. If you haven't already, would you send me a message? You can either DM me on Instagram or email me. My email is alex at mindfulwithmedia.com. And just introduce yourself. I. Would love to get to know you better. That's one of my favorite parts about this business is connecting with you on an individual level. Before we get into the topic today of how to actually change and improve as a person without setting goals in the typical way, I want to share about a workshop that I'll be holding on Thursday, January 4th, and it is all about how to make radical and powerful changes but in a peaceful way, in a way that actually lasts. So if you've tried getting a better grip on your phone use and then you fall back into old habits, or if you do well for a while, whether that's with exercise or eating habits or being patient with your kids and then real life happens, either you get sick or your kids get sick or your kids start waking up in the night or something traumatic happens in your life and you just kind of slowly fade out of whatever you set out to do, then this workshop is for you. Again, it's on Thursday, January 4th, and there's a link to sign up in the show notes, and it's free. Okay, let's get into today's topic. So when I was just about to start fifth grade, so what was I, 10 years old, I typed up a schedule for myself on our family's desktop computer. I printed it off, and I hung it up in my room. 6 a.m., wake up, 6.05 6:05 a.m. Run on treadmill. 6:35 a.m. Crunches. 6:45 a.m. Family scriptures. 7 a.m. Shower and get ready, etc., etc., etc. I love a good schedule. I love a good routine. I love to improve as a person. But my morning schedule as a fifth grader lasted for about two weeks before. I slept in and I stopped working out, which honestly I don't know if I should have been working out as a fifth grader. But I share all of this to say that I now take a very different approach to setting goals and working to improve as a person because I have enough drive and desire and external pressures to make changes that I intentionally don't set goals. So with the new year coming, it can be a time to reflect, a time to think about the upcoming year and what you want to do in this next year. But I really do think one of the most important steps is to notice what you've already done and who you've already become. So before I even think about the future, I love to reflect on this past year. And here's why. In a study done about a group of people trying to quit smoking, researchers found that the addicts' beliefs about their powerlessness was just as significant in determining whether they would relapse after treatment as their level of physical dependence. So let me say that again in like normal person terms. Basically, these people who were addicted to smoking, their belief about if they could quit smoking was more powerful than how dependent their body actually was on the nicotine. So this applies to you and to me as we're making goals, because if you believe that you've already changed in radical ways, or if you believe that you've already accomplished amazing things, or if you believe that you've already become a better version of yourself, you're actually more likely to change in radical ways in the future. You're more likely to accomplish amazing things in the future. You're more likely to become an even better version of yourself in the future. So to reflect on the past year, I like to think about the things that I've accomplished, who I've become, things I've learned, memories I've made, and relationships that have grown. And it's interesting as I do this because the things that I accomplished, I ran my first half marathon post kids. I spent 500 hours outside in a span of six months. I started a podcast. I significantly increased my income from mindful With media. Those things all sound good on paper, but the things that stand out to me the most are the memories that I made with people. Like the first time I took both of my kids hiking this summer when I went to Silver Lake with a couple of friends. I'm like getting emotional thinking about it. It was stunning, and I found I felt like I found myself again. I found my love of the outdoors again. Um, some other memories that come to mind are. Laughing with Matt while trying to fall asleep at night. Taking my kids on walks around the neighborhood while talking with my mom and sisters on the phone, just processing the ups and downs of life. It's so easy to get caught up in what we've done, but I think if you take time to reflect, you'll find that you have little tiny moments that really matter more than most. And I know that's so cliche, but it's true. (laughs) And the other thing that stands out to me more than those things that I've accomplished is who I've become in this last year. In many ways, like I said, I feel like I've found myself again this year. I'm more confident. I've started operating from a be-do-have mindset, and I'll share more about that later in this episode. But my mindset around money has shifted, and that has had a huge impact on my business. And overall, I just feel so abundant So some questions that you can ask yourself to reflect on this year, and I say this year, but honestly, sometimes I think a year is too long. You could reflect on this season or this month or even just this week or just this day. So, but some questions that you can ask are, what are some of my favorite memories from this year? Who have I spent time with this year? What did I learn about them? What did I learn about myself this year? What are some lessons I learned this year? What positive qualities would I use to describe myself right now? What are some things that I'm glad I did this year? What are some things I accomplished this year? Identify times when you felt the most fulfilled and satisfied in the last year. So after taking some time to just reflect on what you've already done and experience and who you've already become, then you'll be in a better place to do the second step. And that is to stop setting goals and start dreaming instead. As I mentioned earlier, I really don't like goals in the typical way with that we use them. I don't like SMART goals. What does that stand for? Again, I think specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-bound. I do understand why those are good things, but Instead of setting these smart goals, I like to dream. And if you have a practical brain like mine, it's really easy for me to start thinking about the future or wishing for things. But I never really let those wishes be an actual reality and a real dream for me. They're just wishes. Just, oh, that would be nice or something. And it's almost like my brain is protecting myself from being disappointed. And there's actually a term for this called the upper limit problem. And Gay Hendricks, he wrote a book called The Big Leap, and I have not read it, (laughs) but I think it's in this book that he teaches about this concept. And basically this upper limit problem is this idea that in each area of our lives, whether that's our career or the amount of money we have or our relationships with other people or the amount of love we feel or just success in general, that we have this like perceived cap on how much we are allowed to have as an individual. And one of my favorite ways that I've recently found to try to break these upper limits that I subconsciously have for myself is to take some time to journal and answer some prompts that I got from Amber Smith. And these two questions are really powerful if you take the time to answer them. The first one that Amber shares that you can answer is, if anything were possible, what would I love? Isn't that just fun to think about? And I took some time to, to write that. If anything were possible, what would I love? And I wasn't going to do this, but maybe I'll share some of my things that I wrote down. Let's see some things that if anything were possible that I would love because your mind will start to protect yourself. You'll say, well, you know, money gets in the way or my situation right now with my kids or whatever situation it is. Like as soon as those start to come up, just like, nope, if anything were possible, what would I love? And these are some things that I wrote down. I would love to speak at retreats. I would love to frequently ski as a family I would love to randomly and anonymously send people DoorDash gift cards. I would love to randomly and anonymously drop off money to people. I would love to be the go-to person for personal phone use help. I would love to run the Boston Marathon. Those are just a few of the things that I wrote down on my list of if anything were possible what would I love. So Another question that Amber suggests that you can journal about to help your mind get into this dreaming mode and break those upper limits is, wouldn't it be cool if? Wouldn't it be cool if whatever it is, and you don't have to be married to these ideas. It's just letting your mind dream and and break those upper limits that you might subconsciously have for yourself. The final thing that I want to share today about how I change and improve as a person is once I've let myself go into this dreaming mode and I've started to break down those upper limits, then I start operating from a be do have mindset. And this is something that I also learned from Amber Smith, but I believe that Stephen Covey is the one who originally made this idea popular. And this concept is that most people operate either from do have be or have, do, be. So this first one, people who operate from do, have, be, and I would say I am prone to this, that it's this idea that if I do more or if I do this, then I'll have more or I'll have something and then I'll be happier or I'll be whatever it is. And this is why I think I don't like traditional goal setting is because it stems from this do have be mindset where if I do this, then I'll have this and then I'll be this. If I do work out every day, then I'll have a healthy body and then I'll be fulfilled, right? So that's one approach that I think most people use that approach, do have be. Another approach that A lot of people use is have, do, be. So, this is where people say, once I have more time or once I have the house to myself, once my kids are older or once I have a house with more space or once I have whatever it is, then I'll do whatever it is and then I'll be happy, right? So, I think another example with that have, do, be would be like, Once I have this much revenue in my business, then I'll start donating to certain causes and then I'll be satisfied and fulfilled with my business. I don't know. Those are just some examples. But most people operate from either do have be or have do be. But powerful change happens when you live your life from a mindset of be, do, have. So how you do this is you'll look at your list from the second point that I touched on where you wrote down some of your dreams or wouldn't it be cool ifs and then think about how you would feel, how you will feel when that's your reality. Will you feel peace? Will you feel fulfilled? Will you feel calm? Will you feel joyful? Will you feel connected How would you feel when you interact with your kids when that's your reality? How would you feel while you're doing your dishes when that's your reality? And then practice being that way now. That's the first step is to be fulfilled, be abundant, be calm, be joyful as if that's already happened and that will naturally impact what you do which will bring you the results that you actually want. That's how you operate from be do have. And I was actually just coaching a client on this topic and they shared that we weren't even working on phone use stuff like that was we you'll find that when you work with me one-on-one that you might come to me because you want help with your phone use or media use or things that I talk about regularly but that honestly kind of goes to the side because of this. So this client shared with me that once they started living with a be, do, have mindset, their desire and their tendency to regularly watch YouTube videos has completely gone away. And if you're interested in working one-on-one with me, I actually have openings right now. So you can reach out to me and see if that would be a good fit. But this concept of be, do, have will really help you to change who you are instead of change just what you do. These are just a few of my many thoughts on this topic of making radical changes in your life, which is why I invite you to join me in the free workshop Thursday, January 4th, and a replay will be sent out if you can't make it live. And we'll be touching on some really powerful things, like I said, how to make radical and powerful changes in your life in a way that feels peaceful and true to you. And I'll include the link in the show notes for how to sign up for that. Thanks so much for being here. If we aren't already friends, can we be friends? Will you just send me a message and I really would love to connect with you as an individual instead of just talking to my microphone. <laughs> Thanks so much and we'll talk with you next week. I believe we should stop focusing on the negative aspects of screens and start using them as tools to support our values. We are the first generation learning to navigate this media-saturated society, and it is not easy. You don't have to be perfect, but as you are mindful, technology can be a tool to help you thrive. We are in this together as we figure out how to live a present, intentional life in this world consumed by screens. If you appreciated this podcast, would you make sure to leave a review and subscribe? I'm so glad you could be here today, and I'll see you next week.